0: And did you follow
1: all of these tips on your trip? <laughs> tips on your trip? That's funny. No, I tried. But I definitely made a couple of mistakes, which is a story for another day. <laughs> AKA, do not tell people you're solo traveling. Womp <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the Multicultural Millennial Woman podcast.
1: My name is Parthvi. And I'm Anya.
0: On this podcast, we'll be talking about the issues we face as we navigate America.
1: From my perspective as a Black Caribbean immigrant from Trinidad and Tobago.
0: And my perspective as a first-generation Indian American whose family is from Gujarat.
1: We'll be talking about everything that affects a Multicultural Millennial Woman. From people choosing not to ask how to pronounce our names correctly in the workplace.
0: Hello, corporate America. To how colorism shows up in our communities.
1: To similarities in how our parents raised us and how that impacts how we move through the world.
0: Basically, nothing is off the table.
1: Ooh, I just got goosebumps.
0: So if you're looking to join us as we share how we're making our own in big ol' USA, pull up a chair.
1: Bring your chai, Milo, or whatever you're sipping on and tune in as we spill some American tea. On today's episode,
0: we're going to change it up. Today, I'll be interviewing Anya about her experience traveling solo and how it's helped her journey of self-discovery. So, you're a badass and took a year traveling last year. Thank the Lord it was last year because this year is a hot mess.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Can you imagine? (sighs) I'm really glad I finally got to see Paris and the Eiffel Tower lit up because I bawled my eyes out. I know it's cliche, but I'm a lot of Basic B moment or two every once in a while.
0: Aren't you the one who told me about the Instagram account, how not to travel like a Basic B? A little ironic, I'd say.
1: Um, I feel like you're being pretty mean right now.
0: Okay, fine. You're right. I'm sorry. Phew.
1: Anyways, weren't you supposed to be interviewing me about solo travel?
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to make the big move and begin your travel adventures last year?
1: To be honest, it wasn't an inspiration. It was more like a realization that I had to get the F out of SF. (laughs)
0: Hmm. I can relate. But can you tell us more
1: about that? Yeah, I will. So last year in San Francisco, I sort of had a reckoning. I hated my job. My landlady was selling the place I was renting and I was tired with like five eyes. Antidepressions can only do so much, you know? You know? And I was like, I'm done. Like, seriously, it was so fast. I decided to leave San Francisco on August 23rd. And by September 21st, this was in 2019, by the way. I was gone. I sold slash gave away all of my stuff, said goodbye to my esthetician, which you know is a big deal, said goodbye to my hairdresser, which you know is an even bigger deal, and hopped on a plane with a one-way ticket and three suitcases. You didn't say goodbye to me and this list, but okay, that thought that was a big deal too.
0: Whatever. Yeah. But anyways, I remember. You actually stayed with me a couple of days before you left. But yeah, I feel like it was super fast and obviously you were leaving. But what was the plan?
1: The plan was I didn't have a plan. <laughs> I bought a one-way ticket to London and stayed with my brother and his family. And I got to meet my nieces for the first time, which was really nice.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed by your decisions, like, especially because you were dealing with a lot I think going to London was such a smart move and you're finally able to spend quality time with family that you don't get to see often because like international families are no joke.
1: Yeah, it was really nice to be able to see them. And I also want to say that leaving SF didn't mean I escaped the pressure I felt in SF. So it was almost like I didn't only need the separation from the place. I also very much needed to heal.
0: Uh. Okay, so what do you mean about not escaping the pressure of San Francisco?
1: I think that SF, whether it's a part of your personality or not, can turn you into a very superficial person because everything is about constantly trying to prove that you're good enough or even better than enough or better than the person next to you. So if you're not in tech, for example, like a lot of people are trying to transition into tech, and if you are in tech, aggressively trying to move up the ladder, get promoted, and always be seen as that person who was winning. So I think after spending four plus years there, that sort of became who I was. And every question that got thrown at me while I was in London got filtered through that lens. So when I was at my brother's, his neighbors and friends, etc. were constantly asking me, what are you going to do now that you're here? And it made me very angry because I was like, the whole point of this trip is to not stress myself out with plans and create some BS itinerary to impress people. I think they were being well-intentioned, but it just goes to show that if you aren't focused on you, you can let people stress you out for no reason.
0: Hmm. I know exactly what you mean. I think I felt that way regardless of San Francisco being part of the picture, Coming from immigrant families, it's all about your worth, which is often decided by your success. And unfortunately, asking about plans is kind of a natural way to make conversation. Like, I know I do that all the time. And thinking about it through your lens, I can see how annoying it must have been at that time, especially because like your plan wasn't quite solidified and I mean, also knowing how we are, I feel like we're so uncomfortable with uncertainty and unclear plans. So when people ask, it becomes even more pronounced and then like channels that anxiety and kind of drags it up even more when we're just trying to chill and like go with the flow as best as we can.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's a valid point. And the questions still made me feel overwhelmed. So Yeah, even though traveling was always part of the plan, the concept 20 questions really pushed me to start planning trips almost immediately. I had always wanted to solo travel, but never felt brave enough to do it. And so I was like, this is the time to make things happen.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of women can share that sentiment. What changed? Like how did you build the confidence to take this big step and start building a roadmap?
1: I feel like getting older helped. And also everyone being unintentionally annoying made me realize that you can't always wait on people to make things happen. And so I was like, all right, like I am booking these tickets to Paris, like gotta make your dreams come true on your own, right?
0: Yeah, aunties, am I right? More importantly, I'm so proud of you for taking on solo travel. I still haven't had the courage to do this. What places did you end up visiting?
1: A couple of places actually. I went to Paris and Berlin and Malta and Genoa, which is this really cute, tiny town in Italy.
0: Wow, so many places. And of course you were living in London. So did you get to explore around the UK as well?
1: A little bit. I went to Liverpool with an aunt and then I also went to this place called Bournemouth, which is in England. And it's like this tiny English seaside town with crystal blue waters.
0: That sounds like a dream.
1: Yeah, I never got why people would go on and on and on about the English countryside. I'm like, you guys, it can't be that great. I grew up on a tropical island. (laughs) But when I got there, I was like, oh, this makes sense. I get why people are into it.
0: So on your solo trips like to Paris, Berlin, Malta, etc., what did you spend your time doing? How did you plan your days?
1: yeah i feel like it's a question so many people asked me i feel like they were like won't you be by yourself like don't you want like a girlfriend to hang out with and to be honest not only did i live in a house with like four other people but i really enjoy alone time so honestly really enjoy being by myself so exploring a new city on my own was so great for me i never felt lonely i was just so in awe that there was so much to do
0: yeah totally But were you glued to your phone, like calling or texting friends, or were you kind of like sitting on social media?
1: Not really. Like I was using my phone to Google stuff so I didn't get lost because I really, my sense of direction is a mess. And I did do a bit of planning for some cities and ended up doing a lot of walking tours, which I highly recommend you do at the beginning of any trip you take. And honestly, just a ton of like paid experiences. So Airbnb experiences was my friend. I made my own perfume in France. I did a graffiti photo shoot in Berlin and I explored caves in Malta with a personal tour guide. It was all just so much fun.
0: Wow, these are very you things to do. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. i on
0: I know I'd just be stuffing my face with pastries all day in Paris, to be completely honest.
1: Oh, oh, there were pastries. Pastries were being eaten. I had the pastries on the walking tour, which is a secret. Wink, wink, eat the pastries while you're walking. So it's like, eat, walk, jail your bum. The best way to live life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Kind of play on eat, pray, love, but not quite. (laughs) What a good motto. Whenever I travel, I find myself thinking about things and often asking myself a lot of questions. Did you have time to journal or self-reflect while you were exploring these new places?
1: I think the whole trip was a self-reflection trip, and it was also a time for me to recover. The three main questions I kept asking myself were, what do you want to do next? What do you want your life to look like in the future? And what can you do to stop feeling like crap because things didn't work out in San Francisco?
0: I love this. The first two questions are great questions to ask yourself. And I think the third one's definitely a little bit more specific to what you were going through. But I feel like so many of us go through the motions of life, and we don't take time to make sure we're on track to really achieve our long-term dream life. If you're not, it's definitely time to rethink what's coming next.
1: So true, Parth V. Even bigger than that, I feel like some of us haven't even taken the time to figure out what our dream life would even look like. Well... We have, and it looks like sipping margaritas on a yacht in Miami, sipping margaritas on a yacht in Miami. Well, we're kind of over Florida, but like Mexico works. Hell yeah,
0: let go. We're already making plans because, you know, COVID sadness is real. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's so true. And I just have to say, I'm a firm believer of manifesting your destiny. So by figuring out these dreams and goals, it helps pave the way for making them into a reality.
1: Yes, manifest that destiny, baby. Well, as you know,
0: I'm working on it. But what were your realizations from these questions?
1: I think that I learned, as cliche as it sounds, that I really want to lead a life with purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like in interviews, they always ask, what do you want your title to be in five years? But I think the question they should be asking is, what kind of impact do you want to be making in five years? Thinking about all the struggles that I faced when I moved to the USA that I falsely believed were personal flaws rather than the product of a huge transition makes me sad. hmm. And I realized after a lot of searching that there really isn't a place for immigrants or really anyone who feels out of place in the culture that they're in to get help and figure out the skills they need to build a life they like in their new home. So what I really want to do is help people navigate the stress that comes with building a life you like while navigating two completely different cultures.
0: Wow. I love that idea. I know so many of my college friends would have probably loved to have a community and resource like that. And honestly, I feel like it would even help someone like me because I have moved around the States a couple times and their communities are very different, right? Like every place is super different. So I love
1: this. Girl, don't tell me. Tell your college friends about me.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's a little late for that. I think they've figured it out by now. Either way, it makes me so happy that you found your purpose. Can you tell me more about this community?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. So what I'm working on right now is called Navigating Culture. And basically, the company's mission is to help immigrants and first-gen who are struggling to navigate two cultures learn how to self-validate, remove self-doubt, and dream bigger. Plug it in, plug it in. Ooh, it's plug time. Um, okay, so I was going to say not that type of plug, but you nice save. It's a plug where I tell you beautiful listeners about my other podcast. (laughs) If navigating culture and what I said just now interests you at all, you should check out the Homesickness Care podcast and you can find it wherever you listen to us on MMW.
0: Yeah, Anya is a busy B-I-Z-Z-Y Superstar, if y'all didn't know it already. She's got this pod, that pod, and a company. Oh, and she works a full-time job on the side, of course.
1: (laughs) That's funny. That's for being my hype woman, boo. I know there was a reason. I liked you and decided to have dinner with you that one time. Stay tuned, boys and girls. In the next episode, I'll tell you what Ebola Parth B is.
0: I think we're good. So back to where we started. Your solo travel has led to many revelations and has truly inspired what you do today. So to get us back on course, what are some of your travel pro tips?
1: I'm so glad you asked because I have so many. Okay, so this is a long list. You might wanna take some notes. Safety is number one as a solo female traveler. This needs to be top of mind at all times. It's annoying, I hate it as well, but it's true. And you should never sacrifice safety for perceived fun. For example, I really believe in staying in hotels as opposed to other types of lodging when you're solo traveling because you want to stay at a place that has accredited security standards. The second thing I will say is splurge on getting a phone or a data plan to help you get around. You don't want to be in a situation where you would love to call someone, but you're no longer connected to Wi Fi. You know, you don't want to be in a place where you're lost. And you can't figure out where to go because you don't want to ask a stranger, but you're no longer connected to Wi-Fi. I really think a data plan is worth it. Thing number three, do not tell people you're solo traveling. (laughs) Please say that your friends are back at the hotel or you're visiting family or something. Nobody has to know. Also, make sure to share your itinerary, even if it's not finalized, and your location with a trusted person.
0: And did you follow
1: all of these tips on your trip? <laughs> tips on your trip? That's funny. No, I tried, but I definitely made a couple of mistakes, which is a story for another day. <laughs> AKA do not tell people you're solo traveling. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so these were definitely more safety related tips, which are super helpful and great. It's a good foundation to kind of do the groundwork. But do you have any, like, fun tips?
1: Yes, so many. I don't know if other people will consider these fun because they're probably not as type A as I am, but I think these are great. So do walking tours at the start of your trip because guides always have insider secrets that you want to know early on. It is so annoying to find out about an amazing place you would have liked to visit two hours before you have to head to the airport. Number two. Get guided tours of big museums or run the risk of spending all of your time being lost. No one wants to be in the lure for half a day and you can't even find the Mona Lisa, okay? Bad idea. Number three, be open to new experiences. Think of what you would normally want to do on a trip and change it up. Do the unexpected because you're not going to be there with any of your friends, so there's no judgment. You can do you, which is honestly the best thing and the whole point of solo traveling. As you're doing activities, don't be afraid to ask locals where they go and take the opportunity to experiment, even if it's just for a day. Also, I recommend journaling about what you're going through day by day. But if you don't like to write, leave yourself voice notes about what you liked and what you didn't like. And don't forget to take pictures for the memories.
0: I love all of these. Such good tips. It almost makes me want to solo travel. One day.
1: You have to know what works for you. So if your one day is tomorrow or your one day is five years from now, all that matters is that you're willing to even consider putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Anyways, I hope this was helpful to listeners, whether you've started traveling already or you're waiting a few more months to jump back on the bandwagon. It was definitely
0: helpful for me. Thank you for sharing how your solo trip has paved a way for your journey that continues now, it's amazing to see how a few small things can inspire a whole lifestyle change. I especially love how you channeled all of the negative things that were kind of happening and hurting you into positive energy and used it to create your new life.
1: Oh, thanks, babe. All right, peeps, party people, my main squeezes. You know the drill. Don't be shy. Tell us about your own traveling adventures, whether they've been solo or with friends. Make sure to tag us so we can see them. And we'll reshare our favorites. It's time for us
0: to go, but don't be a Scrooge. Say hi to us on the gram. Really, we mean it.
1: Like, really, we want more friends. Okay, cool, bye!